Welcome back to the Gastroenteritis Blues. My name is Steve Littman. I'm with Dan Volpone and Emily Anderson. I'm going to put a quote to you first by someone in Sixers world. You have to say what the quote means and who said it. Look at what you want, not at where you are. Anything you do, let it come from you. Give us more to see. Emily, what do you think? Um, that's very deep. Mm-hmm. I, that sounds like a quote that someone tweeted for sure. I can neither confirm nor deny. Um, am I supposed to guess who it was? Who it was and any hidden meaning behind it. Um, Dan, do you know who it is? No, so you said Sixers world. Is this like someone related to the team or like someone who basically is us? Not us. Not us. Uh, certainly a, a few rungs above us. Closer to the okay. team. Okay. I know who it is, so I'm not going to answer if Dan doesn't. <laughs> I figured, actually, I was thinking that Dan did. I feel like I might know when you when you tell me. Well, I Dan, know. I do need a guess. You need a guess? I do. Read it again, Steve. Yeah, All right. Really hear the, the quote again. Look at what you want, not at where you are. Anything you do, let it come from you. Give us more to see. Dr. Seuss? People listening are screaming into their earbuds right now. I I don't know. I need to give a guess though. Yeah. Need a, need but it's not someone guess. it's not someone on the team. It could be someone on the team. It could be someone who works for the team. It could be any of those. I I was originally thinking like Doc Rivers, but Okay, that would be incorrect. Emily, do you want to reveal not. who it was? It was one Daryl Morey. Yeah, oh, okay. tweeted this, and uh, it's cryptic. Close. You were fairly close. It's cryptic and it rhymes. Emily, do you have any guesses as to what he's alluding to there, or is that Dan? You would know. Is it a Kesha song lyric? I don't know. I that's not a Kesha song that I know. So okay, not that I think, don't know all the words to every song, but <laughs> it's not it's not one of the thirty five or so I listen to regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know what it means. I really, though, I'm looking at the replies to this tweet, and one of them was noted uh, Philadelphia fan and actor celebrity Ryan Phillippe, who tweeted, our prez inspires with the prayer hands. <laughs> well, so. that sounds right to me. Um, great. All right. We're back. The uh, is a good way to start it. Uh, Sixers had a week of games and they we're going to talk chronologically. Uh, last we will talk about the Toronto game, which has happened last night once you're hearing it or the night of, uh, because we're going to do that after the game. But we'll start with Utah. Ben Simmons, uh, and B didn't play against Utah with the back stiffness. Ben Simmons had, I think, 42 points. Um, they lost, I think they just could never get over the hump. Utah shot a lot of threes, and the Sixers are not really into that, so. Uh, it didn't really happen, but to see Simmons even shoot that many times to hit 42 points was sort of shocking for me. Dan, what was your takeaway from that game? Yeah, it was nice to nice to see him do all that. Um, and then he got sick and he missed the next few. But um, yeah, yeah, his one game this week was excellent. It's probably the best game we've ever seen him play. 
Um, I think it's, it's funny because like, I feel like a lot of people were like arguing earlier that like, oh, Ben isn't playing worse. He's just not scoring. And then when he scores, it's like, this is the best game he ever had from the same people. <laughs> it's like, no, it matters if he scores. And like, uh, he's been playing really well lately. Yeah. And he's been scoring points. So yeah, that was a great game. And um, they lost, but it was, you know, they hung in there. I, 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 I don't like, it's still weird. Cause I feel like the Ben performance was so overshadowing of everything else and everyone else sucked. Like, mm. I guess Tobias had a good game, but, um, yes. The, yeah. Tobias had, I think 36 in that game. Yeah. Tobias, so they had really good games and then like everyone else was a disaster. I guess the way Howard is actually okay. He had one of his better games, but mm-hmm. everyone else was a disaster to the point that like the Sixers, it was like only lost by what was it like 11. And yeah. And it, and it, and it was like, Oh wow. Like they really fought hard. And it's like, but if Ben had 42 and Tobias had 36, it should have been like only lost by 11. Like that should have been a devastating loss if we couldn't win with that. And it was yeah. like, we never, never felt like we had a chance because everyone else played so bad. You know, without Embiid, of course they are bad, but if they're without Embiid and not hitting threes, it's really tough for them to beat probably anybody because Embiid earns them all those extra points at the free throw line and gets the other team in the bonus. Like he does all of that stuff that helps the offense, even when they're not making threes. So uh, great game from Ben, great game from Tobias, but uh, everybody else really didn't do anything well. Emily, uh, what about you? What did you take away from that? Yeah, it was kind of just like when Joel doesn't play, we're always kind of resigned to the fact. It was funny, though, in the post game, our friend of the podcast, Keith Pompey, asked Doc if why Joel <laughs> just doesn't seem to play against like star centers like does that mean something and doc was like that's a hell of a question keith (laughs) he's very taken aback by it which i thought was funny i enjoyed the sass um second best doc moment of the week yes yes with the media yes doc and former guest of this podcast jackson frank jackson was laying down uh in bed spread eagle and doc called him out on it and i don't blame him i don't you know it was actually a very funny moment. It was, uh, it was funny. very funny about it. And then yeah. Pablo Torre, they did yeah. it on ESPN. He was like laying in bed with Mina and Katie, Katie Nolan. Yeah. Just like, it's great. Yeah. It's what great. a time for Jackson. A lot of people are saying that Jackson wouldn't have been where he is today without doing this podcast before the draft. I've, I've heard that. I've heard that too. I've, yeah, isn't that? I, I hear that everywhere. <laughs> yeah. um, mazel tov to Ben for the 42 points. Then the Sixers played Houston uh, on ESPN, and Embiid in the first half was just holding his back so much. Um, This is ever since LeBron James, and we'll talk more about him later, but like ever since LeBron James pushed him onto the ground while he was airborne, Embiid has been sort of touch and go with his back. And at the end of that half, I was like, I don't know if he's going to play in the second half because he could barely get off the court. He looked better in the second half. The Sixers sort of fucked around and, let a Houston team without a bunch of guys stay in it for a while. And of course, Embiid had to play 37 minutes with a bad back, which was very classic. Um, That's about it from that game. Emily, do you have anything that comes to mind? No, they tried their hardest to lose it, but they just are more, more talented than that Houston team. So like it was, they weren't, it wasn't possible, but they really did try their hardest. It's like the Sixers always do this against like Charlotte too. They try really hard to lose it, but they're too good mm-hmm. just talent wise at the end of the day. Dan, anything from the Houston game with uh, John Wall and company? Yeah. I mean, like they didn't play well and the game was like 
kind of terrible to watch. Mm-hmm. But then Joel, who I didn't think had that good of a game, had 31 points, 11 rebounds, and nine assists. He was a point away from a 30 point, an assist away from a 30 point triple double, right. two steals and a block. He hit like a couple huge shots at the end to prevent them from blowing it. <laughs> like, like he like he didn't play great. He had six turnovers and and shot you know ten of twenty one from the field. But just to like to be putting up that line in a bad game, it, like a bad he like to play bad, win the game, and put up that line like without yeah. the second best player. And like yeah, Houston had no one, but like the Sixers aren't necessarily deep either. Like that's just yeah. like, he's just. I mean, his bad games are still impressive this year. Yeah, and and we should mention that was uh, Ben Simmons missed that game and the game right. against Chicago with, welcome to the podcast, Ben, stomach trouble. I think we can assume what Ben was up to. Um, very happy to have him as one of us. Uh, yeah, so they, they beat Houston. I was actually just listening to an interview with Tobias, and he was like, uh, a couple weeks ago, I, we were in the middle of a game, and I was thinking, man, this hasn't been a good, you know, Joel's having a bad game. And I looked up at the board and he had 31 and 15. He was like, oh, my God. Like, his bad games are now, like, career highs for most of the guys he plays against. Um, and then, of course, against Chicago, Embiid had his first 50-point game. And it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I feel like it, it would be easy to let this become commonplace and, like, what's the big deal? We shouldn't do that because this is like un- unreal that we get to root for somebody as wonderful as him and off the court. And I have quotes that I'll read that from him and from Tobias, but he's just, he's just insane when they're doubling, he's dribbling out. It seems like he'll dribble out to the three point line and he's shooting off the dribble really, really well. And, uh, and, and, and I should say his back seemed fine when I watched that game, he didn't seem to be struggling with it uh, at least the other night on Friday. So uh, unbelievable game from Embiid. Any big takeaways, Emily? I mean, I think the 50 points or the what, the 50 McNugget, as Tobias called it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is, is the big takeaway. <laughs> it just it just kills me that there weren't fans there, yeah. especially of being at home. And he, after he hit that fans. three at the end, he like did the thing where he stood in the middle and raised his hands. And I was like, he knows that everyone in this city watching this game is like going crazy right now at their houses. But like, I just wish for his sake that he could have heard them go crazy for him. Like, so I while we're know. on that, just to interrupt you really quickly, from Kyle Newbeck, uh, this is an Embiid quote on raising his arms triumphantly after that dagger in the fourth quarter. He said, the fans are always there for me. I play for the fans. I play for the city. And all my goals related to basketball are for the city of Philadelphia. Uh, that's really great. What do you think? I see so great. I this just love him. I love him so much. And I <laughs> frequently think, like, imagine not being able – like it must suck for everyone else in the NBA, like who doesn't get to cheer for him on a nightly basis or has to actively root against him because one, it's just, it's just not fun. It's not fun to root against him. And we get to like passionately root for him. And I just think we're so lucky. I love him so much. I mean, you think about the process and a lot of people will talk about like the picks that went wrong, like the, the Okafor or Nerlens didn't work out in the end or MCW, whatever, like, the fact that we came out of it with a guy like that, who's, he's not just having like a great MVP caliber season. He's having like an historic season so far. It's like not 
hyperbole to say that. So, and then when you think about his personality and what he's been through, and it's just a, a, an honor to to root for him. Dan, what do you uh, what do you have to say about Joel's big night against Chicago? I think in a lot of ways, it's like uh, it's like a fitting. You know, it's I'm trying to find the right words, but like it feels um, it feels like it's just like proving everything right. Like I don't know. I know it was I I was especially very disappointed. You know, especially after how last offseason went and really everything post-Tinky has kind of seemed pretty bad. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of started to seem like, you know, we might not win a championship with this group. Um, and there's still no guarantee. I mean, guys are getting older and, mm-hmm. and we're not in, you know, super flexible position. But it's it's still re- so rewarding to see, like, the one guy who, you know, was the biggest gap from, from all of the losing years who, you know, talks about it still all the time who's still friends with hinky yeah to be you know to have taken the leap and if he had never taken the leap i think i would you know not that i would say that it was the wrong thing to do but it would be unrewarding it would be like you know i feel like you know we didn't we didn't see what this could have been um but to watch him have this season is is like that's you know i i, I can't think of words right now but that's like in itself you know, something like that's yeah. like, it's not a championship, but it's, it's meaningful. It's like, it's, it makes me feel like correct and good. And I, there's a word for all of that. And I can't think of that word, but it is what it is. I would say that this stuff is like on par, you know, everybody sort of gets to choose their own, what you're trying to get out of sports. Obviously us, we do it for the money because we make a lot of right. podcasts, yeah. but this um, is our full-time job. Yeah. So, uh, but part of it is like enjoying it as it's happening, you know, like not just at the end, do you slog through with a bunch of sort of, you know, guys that just sort of you trade for and you don't have any emotional connection to the fact that we still have this guy and he's this good is like really unbelievable. Uh, Tobias Harris, after that game against Chicago, this is again from Kyle Newbeck. He said, I'll tell my kids one day that I played with Joel Embiid. It's an honor. I, I mean, come on. How wonderful. I think I, I teared up when I read that. Right? I was like, this is, so, he said, he said, when my kids asked me who's the greatest I ever played with, I'll say Joel Embiid. Like, right. it's like witnessing greatness. It's really like, yeah. I, guess I don't I know. We're like Tobias now. Speaking in hyperbole <laughs> because we're upset, like we're obviously Sixers fans, but I don't know. People, I don't I hope everyone like realizes what kind of shit that he's doing right now. Like doesn't come normal. along. It's not right. like a thing that happens. No, no. Like being able to root for somebody like him is not what, you know, Hinky and them thought was going to happen with the process. Like this is beyond everybody's wildest dream. So as much as he's averaging and even 30 points or, or close to 31 uh, a game, as commonplace as it is, it really isn't if you look at other fan bases and who they have to root for. And uh, it's just that, you know, I, I can't get over how great he is and um you know, when we came into the year, talk, Dan? Oh, I just remembered the word I was trying to come up with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel vindicated watching him mm. play. Worth it. Good. All right, good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would say, uh, where? what was I just saying? Oh, it's just such a privilege to watch him. Other people don't get to watch this. Yes, I was saying that, certainly. But I also was saying something else that is now gone. But if I remember it. I will tell you. Then now you um, interrupt me later to say what mm-hmm. you were trying to remember. I will. 
And then this is a good podcast. Two. Woo! Great. Um, right. The, uh, the, uh, there's some all-star news this week, uh, as Embiid, you know, as we're talking about all the stuff with Embiid, he's just like an obvious all-star starter. Uh, it's great. You know, happy to see that. Obviously the game happening is a little strange because they're postponing games, but then they add this one where everybody comes to one place, a little strange for me. Uh, but happy for Joel. It seems that he was excited about that. And also speaking of not being excited is Doc Rivers, who has to coach the East All-Star team. And he was saying that uh, he'd rather golf. And uh, it doesn't seem like there's much coaching that even really goes on uh, at the All-Star game. But but the Sixers head coach, Doc Rivers, is going to coach the East team as the Sixers remain in uh, in first place. Um, I remembered what I was going to say. Uh, when yes. we were when we were coming into the year, I remember it was sort of like you can make things better, but you know Ben and or MB need to get better. And what I didn't like even consider was the sort of leap that Joel has taken to be. We're going to talk about the MVP stuff, but like whatever thirty games into the year, an absolute front runner for the MVP. So anyway, about the All-Star stuff, Dan, any any quick thoughts? And also we can throw in which, if any, Sixers do you think, you know, if you have to predict, will uh, will join Doc and Joe in the All-Star game? Yeah, I mean, I would obviously, I don't think the Sixers get three um, because I don't think being first in the East is impressive enough to, mm-hmm. to, to get three. I know that we're just picking guys from the East, but like, you know, Brooklyn's going to get three. Um, and so that's, you know, you're not going to have two teams with three. Um, mm-hmm. I think that I, I, I wish it could be Tobias. And, you know, I, I've been hard on Tobias for forever. I think he's, you know, he's obviously struggled for a long time, but he's legitimately playing very well this year. And I, I would like to see him get one. Ben's going to get plenty. Um, but I don't think it'll be Tobias. I do think Ben probably gets in. I don't think he deserves it based on, you know, really like first quarter of the season, he was just not very good, but you know, the reserves are going to be voted on by the coaches. Ben has been very good for a few years now and he's playing very well now. So he's going to be playing well for a couple of weeks by the time they vote. And, you know, they're going to be like, Oh, he's playing great. He's played great before he's deserving of it. I don't think he is by his play this year, but um, that's not really always how it works. So, I, I would, while I'd like to see Tobias get in, I'll still be happy if we get a second one. And, you know, I'll still be happy for Ben for getting in. Although I do think if he didn't get in, there is some truth to like him just to, like getting really mad that they didn't pick him and then like playing really aggressively the rest of the year, which would be awesome. But yeah. Ellie, what do you think? What would you predict as to uh, who's going to join those guys? Um. Well, first of all, I wanted to take, this time to launch a formal investigation against whoever in the media didn't have Joel on their all-star ballot. Cause it, oh, there's one person, right? There's, he got, it was on 99 out of a hundred media ballots. And I would like to launch an investigation into who that one person is. So if yeah. anyone can help me with that, anyone has contacts in the FBI or the league office. Uh, oh, I, I'll give you sign in my DMs. It's either, it's either um, Ramona Shelbourne, uh, Tim McMahon, uh, Dave McMenamin, uh, HP any basketball, of the, any of the ESPN people <laughs> whose entire jobs are to report on LeBron and they will get more access by advocating for him as MVP, no matter how little he deserves it. 
those are the people who need to slander Joel in any way possible. It's a good suspect list. That's what we'll start there. <laughs> um, in terms of the rest of, of one of them making the reserve, I'm going to go with Tobias just mm. partly because my heart wants it, but partly because it is a coach vote and the fan, I mean, Ben is so much more recognizable for fan voting, um, but Tobias was pretty high up in player voting. So I think that that is like more closely correlated to how the coaches would vote. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, the coaches would see the kind of season that he's had, having, even if they're just playing against him and watching tape, like they know, it's, you know, it's someone you have to deal with. You can't just like not guard him or cause he'll put up 30 or whatever on you. Um, so I'm going to go, with Tobias, just because I partially because I won it and partially because I think it could happen. Yeah, I um I I'm close to you guys. Like I think that the Sixers will get to. I think that most likely is Ben getting the other spot just because he's I think pretty clearly the second best Sixer at the end of the day. Um, but if I had to choose, I would absolutely give it to Tobias. I just think it would be. I'm sure word of the day, very vindicating for him. And uh, I would be very pleased to see him make it. He, it's very clear that he really wants to make it. Um, ben, is, ben is very sort of cool and will not pretend to care about too much off the court, but Tobias is like very much wanting to make it. So I would love to see him make it. I think that would be really cool. Um, Dan, you brought up the uh, Joel Embiid, LeBron James stuff. Over the last few weeks, the uh, there's been some weird stories written like or, or quotes you know you mentioned Ramona and some of the ESPN people Windhorse like boy can anybody take this MVP award from LeBron it's like I don't know it's uh looking like it's LBJ's Basically all year of ESPN yeah it's a completely normal LeBron year nothing weird nothing crazy is happening like LeBron looks like LeBron does every single year and uh I I, I want to read a few uh just the sort of head-to-head of the two of them. This is from Spike Eskin. Uh, Embiid versus LeBron this year per game. Points, Embiid. Rebounds, Embiid. Field goal percentage, Embiid. Free throw percentage, Embiid. Three-point percentage, Embiid. Steals, blocks, offensive rating, defensive rating, Embiid. Uh, Player efficiency rating, Embiid. Win shares per 48, Embiid. Age, LeBron. So this isn't the Cecil B. DeMille award for the most, like, at the Golden Globes, they give it to an old person. Like, uh, for, like, the best season by an old person. I'm not talented. I don't know what these awards are. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, you can, you know, we can talk about Jokic or Dame Lillard or Steph Curry who are having giant, giant seasons. But, like, I don't think that there's any – Sixers are first in their conference and Bede's a great defensive player. Uh, This is not close. He should no. now. There's a lot of there's there's probably thirty or forty games to play, and he'll have to keep it up and stay healthy and all of that kind of stuff. But where we stand today, not only is it not LeBron, but it's very clearly Embiid. This is not a Homer thing. Like this is like you can use whatever numbers that you want, and there's none that point it to LeBron over Embiid. So that's been frustrating to watch. Dan, what do you what have you what's your experience been like? Yeah, it's like last year, the LeBron MVP case over Giannis, which I thought was fairly weak. I mean, Giannis had like a super good regular season. And I mean, you could say you think LeBron's the better player, but he was not, he didn't have the better season. Mm -hmm. And like all the argument for LeBron coming from 
you know, mostly Lakers fans and LeBron fans, but also those same, you know, few people at ESPN was like, well, 2020 was really hard. And like LeBron deserves some credit for that. And it, it was like, 2020 was hard for every player, like for every person. Like they're like attributing like every challenge the NBA faced to like something that LeBron somehow navigated them through, which is not true. And like, it's like, they're like, well, LeBron was leading on social issues. Like lots of players have been great leaders in their communities. Jalen Brown should be the Harris. MVP. Right. Yeah, Jalen Brown, Tobias. Tobias Harris. You have like, oh, COVID happened. They had to pause. Like every player took time off after COVID. <laughs> like Daryl Morey said some stuff about China and it was, the league was in danger. It's like LeBron, that, okay. And what, what does that have to do with LeBron? It was like, yeah, a lot of stuff happened for the NBA last year. You got to give it to LeBron. Like, what the hell are you talking about? And then this year, it's basically like, you see how old this guy is? You see what he's doing at this age? It's like, yeah, he's really good. He's not the MVP, though. Like, like if you're if you're good at, at, at 36, you you have to be the MVP. Like, there's there's no there's no question. And they're just saying this like it makes any sense. Like, this is what the award's about. I mean, the media votes on it. I'm worried that, like... It's just going to pick up yeah. steam and it's going to be one of those oh, things I where they're all like, I don't know. It looks like it's LeBron's year. It's like, yeah. who, who says so? Yeah. I, I need because to know LeBron won it why. Last year. LeBron won it last year. So now all the media people are like, oh, well, if LeBron, won, if LeBron really wants this one, we got to give it to LeBron. He's like, oh, he hasn't won it in eight years. Well, he's clearly been the best player some of those years. This is like a big call. You can't just request it. It's not an Uber. You have to earn it. I don't, I don't know. Emily, what do you think about all this stuff with uh, LeBron and Embiid in the media. It infuriates me to no end. <laughs> if LeBron wins the MVP, I'm sending Venmo requests to every NBA writer at ESPN for the money that they've lost me on my bets. Um, because I've been in on the oh, that's right. Embiid MVP bet since the beginning. Yeah. Um, so they will owe me money. Yeah. But it's just, it's insane. So like Joel puts up 50 on Friday night, right? Mm-hmm. Then LeBron plays on Saturday against the what, 12 and 17, 12 and 17 before the game. Yeah. Yeah. And puts up a whopping 19 points in 37 minutes. On but 21 this, shots. One for eight from three, like six turnovers. Like both, this is both your, games without their, their second best player. You know, Simmons was out and Davis was out. Yeah. Yeah. They lost to the heat. Yeah. So, like, this is your MVP? Jordy always wants to tweet the, like, um, the gif from Black Panther when Michael yeah, B. Jordan is like, king? this is yeah. your king? Like, that's what I really – we should have tweeted it, the like, day after the Lakers-Sixers game when the, this started. They were like, LeBron, MVP performance last night. They lost. You tried lost. to kill Joel, and you right. still lost. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, they're like, they're like Joel missed too many games. Oh, why? Because LeBron tried to take him out. It was like a Nancy Kerrigan situation. He pushed him in air. It was a flagrant foul. Yes, this is I, Tanya. It was clean. He got called for a flagrant. LeBron, Tanya Harding, Joel. We need an I, LeBron thing. (laughs) We need, please, we don't have any talent in this way. We need one of the listeners to come up with an I LeBron thing as a uh, sort of metaphor for Tanya Harding and, uh, and uh, uh, what the fuck, Nancy Kerrigan. Nancy Kerrigan. Um, yeah, so yeah, I completely agree. I will say my worry is that Embiid ends up missing 10 or 12 games and they go games played 
it's LeBron played every game. It's like, and he's old. So that'll, that'll be another annoying argument that we'll have to have. Uh, and of course it's a balance for doc and for Daryl and for Joel to, you know, as Brett Brown used to say, like deliver a healthy Joel Embiid to the playoffs or for him to chase this pretty incredible milestone that, that he's going for. So I think that'll, that'll probably get a little tricky towards the end of the year. Can we uh can we talk about Skip Bayless for a second? Please now. Sure. Because, because I think we need to though. <laughs> this is right in his wheelhouse because he's uh he's a lifelong LeBron hater and has oh, always loved right. Joel Embiid. Get him on the podcast. <laughs> and his his I don't well, mm, well <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm just saying he has some he has some great tweets on the issue, uh, and he, he's he's saying you know basically you know basically just picking whatever to trash LeBron, but right. And I always, you know, I've always liked LeBron. So it was always annoying, but mm-hmm. right now I feel great about it. Now, Hey, we're I on think, the same team. I think, I think he's had some really good points the last few days. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> it must've been a big Philadelphia week for Skip who hates LeBron and seems to like Embiid and loves Embiid uh, and hates Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, who uh, is no longer on the Eagles. So uh, I'm sure it was just a big, oh, no. big week for uh, Philadelphia people and, and for Skip. So uh, congrats to Skip. Um, all right, let's get to the next thing. Jason Dumas reported that the Sixers are in the market for a point guard. Uh, two players the team has inquired about are Detroit's DeLon Wright and Oklahoma City's George Hill. Um, this, you know, makes sense, I think. Oh, and you know what? I can actually include Harrison Grimm, who's a uh, Liberty baller himself was watching uh, ESPN and got a, a quote from Woj. He said on NBA Countdown, Daryl Morey has been active. He's always looking for a big blockbuster deal that uh, that may not be available for this trade deadline. Two areas the Sixers would like to improve, getting a four slash five man who can shoot the ball along with two-way players. Um, what do you think? Let's talk about DeLon Wright and George Hill. And uh, just sort of that, you know, Daryl always be on the outskirts of a blockbuster thing. Emily, do you have a particular preference uh, as you hear those options? Um, no, I just, they're not super exciting trades to me. I would rather them do put a little bit more in and get a little bit more out in the trade market um, yeah. outside of probably the big, Tobias, Ben, and Joe. I could, I would trade anyone else. So. Yeah, Zach Levine is some, so good. I could use they're, Zach I like Levine, Levine, but I wouldn't give up any of those three for. No, him. no, they're, well, and they're not going to trade him. for him. Well, I don't think they want Tobias, but I would easily give up Tobias for him. I don't think I, I, that'd be a no-brainer for me. I, they, I don't, I still don't think anyone's touching his contract though. I think still think he's like we shouldn't trade him because we're competing now, but I still yeah. don't think anyone wants to take him on. No. What do you think about Delon Wright versus George Hill, Daniel? I guess I'd rather have Hill. Wright's Wright's fun. He's not a great three point shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I don't know. I haven't seen I haven't seen him a ton, but I know looking at his numbers that he 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 may be a bit of a clunky fit. But yeah, I definitely think you know we've talked about this before. We definitely need another ball handler so i would yeah i would i would be very happy if they traded for for some anyone literally anyone who can do that yeah george hill could be another mvp candidate on our team he's old so that's that's a great point a top criteria in the voting so can't leave him out 
No. Did you see the year Vince Carter just put up and, and he didn't get any recognition for what he did last year? Ridiculous. Like, Vince Carter did 10 podcasts this year. Maybe he's the MVP. Um, I, uh, I think, yeah, I, 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 I'd be more confident that we could trust George Hill in the playoffs than DeLon Wright, who's young and probably higher upside, but a little more, a little more uh, unproven. Uh, I like Hill a lot. I think that he would, he would fit really well. The real problem is that the Sixers bench is doo-doo, but, and it's been a really tough stretch. Uh, Shake Milton has been out. I believe he'll be back in the Toronto game. If not, we'll uh, let you know about that later. Uh, nobody can hit any shots. Furkan Korkmaz hasn't hit a three in a year and just gives you absolutely zilch. Otherwise, uh, Tyrese Maxey, it looks like this is going to be a, like a sort of mulligan year for Tyrese because the team is too good to let him play through all of this sort of rookie stuff where if he was on a different team, I have no doubt that he would work it. I I'm very excited about him, but I just don't think that they're going to give him the leash uh, to do that. And Mike Scott, I, I don't know. He gets out there. He runs around. I, he won't look at the rim anymore. Uh, he's probably not fully healthy. Uh, he's old. So you have to think of him as an MVP candidate. Dan, what do you think about uh, the Sixers bench and, do you see any hope come? I mean, if shake back would be a big help, but other than that, how many of these guys do you think will be in the playoff rotation? Yeah, I, I don't think Maxi will. I think shake definitely will. Um, yeah. Of the guys who are here now, like if we went to the playoffs with this team, like the guys who I think are good enough to be in the play- playoff rotation, I still think Dwight is. I think Dwight was you know, basically fine in the playoffs last year, but that the issue with that is then you're playing with Ben a lot. That hasn't been a good fit. Um, and then, yeah, because then your options are either to, you know, have a, a plenty of minutes where, where Ben and Joel are both off the court, which is not great. Uh, right. And in the playoffs, Ben is going to play almost all the minutes because he can. Ben doesn't right. seem to get tired. He probably right. does, but never looks like it, which is great. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so – I still think Dwight could be fine in the playoffs and playoff basketball is different. Um, and you kind of have to deal with some more clunky spacing, no matter what, uh, just this, the, the game gets a lot more half court. So yeah. um, maybe that'll be fine. But if they, if they go and get um, another, another center who can shoot a little bit more and that's, you know, they go those two situationally, I think that's, you know, maybe something to look at, but besides that, the, the besides those two really, and mostly just shake, um, I, no one on the bench is like impressive. Like I know there was a lot of talk that like you know, the Sixers got a lot of new pieces, but even in the rotation, like the, the the top three are playing really well, and then everyone else has like pretty significant weaknesses. Like as good as I love having Seth Curry on the team, but like he is really bad at a lot of things. And like there's a reason the Sixers were able to get these guys, which is that they're bad at a lot of things, and they the things they're good at are pretty helpful to Joel but they're still built a little strange for, you know, for certain, certain minutes in the playoffs that are going to be when, when Joel sits. And I, I, I'm not, I'm not feeling confident about the bench at all. I think that, that yeah, I, it's, they're not going to be as bad as they were in the jazz game, but like we haven't even seen a full game of them making shots in a while. Like yeah. early in the year, guys were really hot. And then early in the game against the, um, against the Rockets, they like, yeah. shot well for the first time in a while, and then went dead cold in the second half. 
So I mean, we just haven't seen any impressive sustained shooting. I obviously gotta love Isaiah Joe. He's not going to be in the playoff rotation. Um, M- M- Matisse, honestly, maybe if they, gotta, I, I, think I think he has to be. Uh-huh. He, he he would I think I would prefer them to get someone else to play instead. But if right now we've listed seven guys who we think can play in the playoffs, so Matisse would probably end up getting minutes. But that you know gives more Matisse Ben Dwight lineups, which is disgusting. So it, they're just they're in a weird spot and they need a lot. That's you know they just they they have a lot of holes and that's why I I think they're just probably not a huge move to be made this year. Um, I definitely don't think there's the blockbuster move to be made this year, like Harrison uh, pointed out that Woj said. Um, and you really, like, who who is even out there that's a blockbuster? Like maybe Brad Beal, but you're not getting Beal without Ben. And I don't think you're winning with Beal but not Ben. Right. Um, like, I, like, even if, like, I think Beal's the better player and the better fit, I don't think that takes us to the level that, like, that, that we need to to win a championship. So I just, I don't think that that move is out there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, um, Doc and Daryl have been, I think when asked about this recently, they basically say like your rotation does shorten in the playoffs. So you're looking at eight or nine guys, uh, uh, which, you know, as you pointed out, the Sixers don't have right now. I'm pretty confident in Daryl's ability to get like end of the playoff rotation guys via either they have a bunch of small contracts they can trade with second round picks or um, buyout guys that, that, you know, would be looking for minutes. I sort of think Matisse has to be in it. If you look at who the Sixers are going to be playing, like if they play Brooklyn, you need Matisse playing some minutes there. And if you play Boston, you know, that would be helpful. He still doesn't shoot. He can't shoot. And he doesn't get so much bad anything. on offense. On offense. Yeah. It, it's, it's, you know, it's because he's so good on defense that we even bring him up because right. if not, you know, it would be pretty unplay unplayable, but I think he's looked a lot better defensively lately. I think that to start the year, he was, he had a shortened, like, uh, it's not called spring training. It's called training camp. Um, but, uh, uh, I think that he's really settled down and, and has looked good. He looked good against Zach Levine who went, I think nine for 29 or something for his 30 points. So Emily, what do you think about the, the bench as it is now? And what do you think will happen? Yeah, it's not great. Um, I do think Shake coming back will help. Um, he's just besides being good on offense, he also has brings like an energy and like mm-hmm. a little bit of experience, like a year of experience over like someone like Maxi. Like he can command the court a little bit better. Um, but yeah, rotation wise, I would say Shake, Matisse, and Dwight for sure. Um, I do think. I mean, of a few years ago, the Ursan Eliasovas and the Marco Bellinelli's of the world will be out there for like a buyout situation. So I don't, I mean, I think we'll get one of those guys. I do just want to like give props to Matisse though, because although he is not good on offense, like you said, like he's been really good defensively. There was a stat I saw that there's only like five players this season that have 40 steals and 20 blocks 
So it's Matisse, Ben, Cove, Andre Drummond, and Fred Van Vliet. But like Matisse has done it in 461 minutes. Where like the next I was gonna say is, every other guy there is a starter. Yeah, the next lowest is Drummond in 722. So almost 300 more minutes to like record those stats. I think I mean that's impressive. No matter how bad he is at shooting, that's still like an impressive thing and definitely like a positive to have on the team, especially when you're going to be playing against these like offensive juggernaut teams. It's good to have someone to slow them down. Yeah. I, uh, I think that his playoff minutes might end up depending on the backup five, because as Dan brought up, you can't really do the Ben Matisse Dwight thing. You can't have three non-shooters, especially when with our other current shooters, which is like Cork Maz and, uh, whoever else, and they, they haven't been hitting shots. So, uh, yeah, I we, think we've if, been getting road Furcon every night, regardless been a, of where it's we're been playing. a tough go for, for Furcon. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think that they probably end up getting a sort of small ball five that they like a little bit more than Dwight in those situations. Uh, finally, before and after this, we're going to do the uh, Toronto game, but the bachelor is on tonight. Give me some no, how low. Oh, we come. Dan, I knew you were going to be the squeaky wheel when I said that. I was so confused. I know. We're recording this on Sunday, friends. You, I was a little worried. <laughs> um, anyway, Bachelor's on Monday night. Uh, who are some of your favorites? Uh, would you like to wade into the uh, what's her name, Rachel Kirkconnell thing? Emily's nodding. She definitely no, wants thank to. You. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Um, what do we think? Bad. I I find Matt horribly boring. I I just That's boring. Yeah, he seems like a real dial tone to me. Emily, what do you think? Do who? Which? Who are your favorites that remain? Um, he keeps getting rid of everyone I like, <laughs> but I do. I like Bree, and I like Michelle. Um, I think that's it. I don't even can't even think like so. I think it, it's down to four. It's Brie, Michelle, Tomtown. Serena, something, Serena P, and racist Rachel. Yes. <laughs> well, now we're going to be next week on the podcast. We have Tyler Tynes from The Ringer, and uh, he has a lot of stuff to say about the back. Oh, after hometowns, wait. that'll be great. That'll be well, great. Take on. I like Serena P too. I guess she was the one that didn't like the sex yoga. That was kind of funny. That was, he was that really was... like he was really attracted. To the fact that she didn't like it, it was freaking me out. Well, he was just like, I like that you speak your mind, and it's like, so mostly people just do whatever you want, and if they don't like it, they don't tell you. Like that's so weird. Right. He 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 kept being like, "Wow, what a great experience," and she was being like, "I straight up hated that. That was not fun. I thought it sucked ass. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I was happy that that she you know spoke up for herself and and did all that, but but uh, she still had to do the whole thing." I know. It, was, it must have been it, so uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. Yeah, I felt that. At one point, he yeah. tried to kiss her, and she was like, I don't want to. I'm not that. into it. Uh, and then I, I thought she was good. He was going to send her home then, especially after that, like, Me too. cheek kiss. I was like, oh, she, like, he's going to be like, she's not into this. But then he was like, I love this. It's like, <laughs> it weird because that date seemed like it really sucked, especially for her. And she mm-hmm. straight up said, like, that sucked, which, like, good for her. <laughs> And he was like, wow, this is so attractive how much she thought this sucked. But then with Katie, he was like, the whole time was like, this is this is just the best day. Like Katie was the perfect person for this day. So much fun. And then out of nowhere, he's, he sends her home. And he did the thing where he sends everyone on the one-on-ones home. He grabs the rose. 
then explains to them why he can't give it to them and then puts it down. It's horrible. It's so mean. I was just going to say, is he a psychopath? Why does he pick up the rose and hold it six inches in front of their nose and then put it back on the table? I, need I, to- I don't know. But I also thought it was awful when he was like, when Abigail went to him and was having this conversation, he was like, yeah, I felt so confident in our relationship that I let all like, I let all the other people pass you and just forgot about you, essentially. That's so rude. Him being like, we just didn't get the time. It's like, hey, who's in charge of the time? Because you're the guy. So if you wanted to see <laughs> Abigail, like, I don't know. It, it's bizarre. I, I'm ready for the next Bachelorette. That's what I'm ready for. I always am, like, checked out at the end when I, like, when my favorite people aren't around anymore. We don't know who it is, right? No, word on the street is that it's Katie, but I don't know. Right. Sure. And I've seen Maybe some it's clamoring. Never been kissed. <laughs> no. I don't know who that is. Um, there's it's been some clamoring for Abigail as well. Yeah. Oh, Heather, Heather who had that cameo. Minivan Heather. Where she, she was doing some classic comedy bits in her hotel room, putting the pizza box on her head. Not great stuff. <laughs> um, all right. Well, listen, we'll be back with you uh, in... 10 seconds to talk about the Raptors game. I'll see you guys tonight. See ya. And we're back. Um, We should have known that we had a very optimistic, like 50 minutes of the podcast. And then we we went and watched the Raptors game. And of course they lost. They couldn't hit any shots. And Danny Green fouled out. And Matisse was like a minus 2000. And Tobias was bad on both ends. Uh, A lot of fun, classic Sunday night game for the old Sixers. Does anybody have any thoughts uh, tonight? I mean, Embiid didn't play very well offensively. I actually thought his defense was great, um, but his shots weren't going in. And um, He still had just, like 25 points or something. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, I know. He kept the streak going. Yeah. Just like he a did. casual, terrible game, put up 25. It's fine. Right. Um, Simmons looked great again tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he just, if he continues this, it, it is a different sort of player. Um, I I can't help but think when I watch these games, and tell me if you agree or disagree. I think Seth Curry should be a bench player for the Sixers. Like, no, who, should, who I, do you not, think should start? Not with not with anybody on the current team. <laughs> no, I'm saying, no, I'm saying like they need to get a guy who's a guard who allows Seth Curry to come off the bench because like I don't think that if his shots aren't going in, he doesn't give you anything else, and he takes a half hour to shoot. So I I, I don't know. I kind of would prefer him coming off the bench. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I mean, ideally, all of the, I mean, both Seth and Danny Green are coming off the bench. And then you have Shake and like maybe a different center. And like, ideally, also, you're not just getting guys who are slightly better. You're also getting like Levine or Lowry. And like, sure. there's not the assets to go around for these things. You can't yeah. match the salaries while keeping these guys and keeping your depth. Right. So I, that's, I mean, I don't know. That's why this kind of loss, like, I can't, I'm, I'm not upset about it. Um, just like, it was a horrible game to watch. Like I didn't enjoy it, but <laughs> like, it's, it's not like I'm watching this game and, you know, so right now the Nets are playing without Durant. They're playing the Clippers at full strength and they're beating. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll end up winning uh, by the time this podcast is out, but um, right now they're winning. Um, and they're obviously, you know, getting really close to the one seed. Um, and, you know, they're the main team we're worried about anyway. And on the same night, the Sixers are at full strength, lost to the Raptors without Lowry. So, you know, 
And so it was the first time anyone really tried the, you know, let's just double and beat all the time, which I think is kind of ine inevitably what you're going to see in the playoffs. Um, I think teams are going to be okay if Simmons has a little more room to work because he's not quite the offensive uh, offensive force that MB can be. And he's, and because they don't fear enough of the other guys. Well, I'm not blaming Simmons for tonight. I'm just saying that's why I think they'll take that strategy. Simmons had yeah. a great game. This isn't about, mm -hmm. this isn't about anything wrong with him. Yeah. But, you know, they're going to they're gonna say, let's make anyone besides Joel Vitas, including Ben. They did it tonight. And I think a lot of the, the great, you know, the great joy of watching his team early on, and, you know, it was only a matter of time to stop, was they couldn't miss a shot. And, like, they have good shooters on the team, but they're going to miss shots. Like, they're, they're not going to make every shot. And it's, that's an issue. Like, it, it's not an issue that they don't make every shot, but it's an issue that they have unitaskers. And it was, like, a really easy, like, space-fixing thing that, you know, this offseason, Daryl was like, let's get Danny Green, let's get Seth Curry. And trade away, you know, Horford, who, you know, he, while he didn't shoot horribly from three percentage wise, was definitely not spacing the floor. Um, but then that's those, you know, those guys were available for a reason. And like, yeah, they're a better fit than we had last year. I think the team is better than last year. But like, it, it's not like that, that was like some fix all was getting Seth Curry, even though I like Seth Curry a lot. I, I, I'm happy he's here. Like, there's there's more to it. And that's not Daryl's fault. There's only so much he could do. So. You know, they were put in a bad position last offseason. And, you know, the reason we were saying, oh, it's horrible is, you know, Simmons looks good and he's taking the jump. They got guys who are a better fit. Tobias Harris is having a better season, but he struggled today. And, you know, they're they're fine. They're good. They're yeah. a good team. But, you know, there's these holes are real. And I, I think that I have a little more optimism with, with how the stars are playing that, you know, and with Daryl here, maybe next season we could, like, really put something together. But this is why I haven't been super optimistic as us being, like, real contenders. I think this, you know, with Boston losing, dropping them back to 500, and Toronto is now over 500 beating us, I think where that puts us at 2-7 and seven on the season against teams that are currently over 500. So, you know, I, there's issues with the team. But that's why I'm not super upset about today because I think there will be games. Everyone has some games like this. I think we'll probably have more than more than others, unfortunately, um, more than other teams that have such this good of a record. But yeah, I mean, it was nice to at least see our good players playing well. Uh, Emily, what did you think about tonight? Um, all I think is if the Nets take over the one seed in the near future, Doc Rivers is going to be pissed that it didn't happen <laughs> a couple of days sooner. So he oh could God. play golf and Steve Nash could coach wow. the all-star team. So oh. maybe that he'll like have them running laps. Like you they guys could work out a deal. Maybe like you couldn't mm -hmm. even hold on. Like, I think he'll be okay if we can hold on to the one seed, but like you didn't hold on to the one seed and you did it too late. So I have to coach this damn team. Like you're running, like, let's go. That would be the worst. That would be a funny narrative. And I'm kind of, I'm not here for it. Cause I want him to stay in first, but it would be funny. Um, so Emily, how did we do on our picks this week? I believe the Sixers went two and two. How did, how did the three of us do? Um, right. The Sixers went two and two and you also went two and two, Steve, because you mm. thought they were going to win all the games. So you are currently at 15 <laughs> and 16. You're creeping up. You're trying to get to 500 and try as hard as you can. 15 and 16. Yeah. That's much better than I remembered it being. That's great. Yeah, you're <laughs> I'm thrilled. Better than I remembered too. Uh, yeah. 
Dan went one and three, so he's at 17 and 14. Can I let me say something though in defense of me? If we were picking week by if we were picking the weeks by record instead of the games by win or lose, I would be doing so much better because last week I thought we'd go one and two. And we, I think we went one and two or something like that. Oh, oh, but I, I picked the wrong saying. ones, and I ended yeah. up going three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, but that's how not how we're do? playing. So. <laughs> that is not how we're playing. Take it up with the rules committee. <laughs> but I, I really, I really feel like I needed to spin that positively because it was not a good week for me. No, it wasn't. <laughs> and I went, I went three and one, and so I'm sitting at wow, twenty ahead. and eleven. What am I? Wow. You're at 17 and 14. Yikes. Wait, wow. Emily, you're 20 and 11, and I think the Sixers are now 20 and 11, right? Wow. Did you pick them to win every game? <laughs> that was, I should have picked them to out. win every game, and then I would. That's if my I had recent done that, strategy. I'd be tied with you. Yeah. <laughs> that should have been our strategy to keep up with Emily this season. See, Dan, that's what you get for being a pessimist on the season. If you would have just picked them to win every game, you would <laughs> Your be record tied is with pretty close. I'm pretty close to my like my like record each week being close to their record. I just mm-hmm. can't get the games right. I pick all the wins they lose and all the ones I say they'll lose, they win. They're just, I have no idea what I'm yeah. talking about with this game. Dan, you're going on this like technicality. I don't think you're gonna get much love here. It's not how it works, buddy. Dan picked Chicago to win and Embiid put up fifty on them. So we I still almost lost though, but we, we still almost lost. But we didn't. All right, so I'm this glad week. we didn't. It was beautiful. This week, the Sixers stay in Tampa to play the Raptors again on Tuesday, which should be fun. Then Thursday night, they play Dallas at home on TNT. And Saturday afternoon, a matinee against Cleveland. Uh, I I go to you, Emily. What do you pick? A three-game week. Okay. I'm going to give a – I'm going to say they win them all. Love it. I need I need them to win them all. So I that's what I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say Joe has a good game on national TV. Definitely. Um, and then yeah. They won't lose to the Raptors again, I don't think. And Cleveland, they should they should win. This is so tough because I never know when Ben and Joel are gonna be playing. Mm. I'm like, I'm trying to guess and I know I'm gonna guess wrong. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to say three and zero also, but I can't. I can't not make up ground on Emily here. I mean, I need to. I need to come back a little bit. So I'm gonna have to get bold, and I'm gonna. I agree. We won't. We Joel will be too good on Thursday against the Mavericks because that game's on TNT. And I agree. We won't lose to the Raptors again. So maybe someone gets a night off in Cleveland. I'll say two and one loss to Cleveland. That was, I don't really mean that, but I need it to try to get back in the game. So I'm going to say two and one loss to Cleveland. It is like a dumb Saturday afternoon game that they would lose, just like kind of forgetting to play and, and losing Cleveland. Um, I am going to say that. Damn it. They win all three. I, I, I have them winning seven straight <laughs> between this week and last week. <laughs> But I, that's and what I think is most likely. They've won two of their last six. Yeah, something like that. Um, all right. Is that it? How do we feel? I feel really perfect one. negatively, though, about the seven and a half minutes that they went without getting a field goal. It was goal. horrible. It was horrible. Oh, yeah. That was bad. They, and if they could they, never do that again, that would be great. 
the it's weird because most of the bench was like not horrible. Like Dwight Howard was only a minus three. He's had some really bad games. He was minus three in ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Mat- Matisse in fifteen minutes was a <laughs> minus twenty three. Rough. So that's who that did those minutes crazy. coincide with though? Because the starters were plus and Dwight so, was barely minus. Right. So here's here are the plus minuses. Danny Green was a plus eighteen, probably because Matisse wasn't playing when he was in. <laughs> ben Simmons. I'm not playing Matisse. I'm just no, saying no, no, this, is, this is the like you know what I'm saying. Um, ben Simmons was a plus nine. Um, Seth Curry was a plus one. Tobias and Embiid were minus ones. Um, then Fur- Furkan barely played, so he was only a minus two. Dwight was a minus three. Um, Isaiah Joe was a minus nine in 12 minutes. Wait, Matisse 12 and Milton minutes. were a minus 23 and 24. Damn. So th- those, that's who those minutes coincided with. Shake hit um, three threes. I was happy to see him get some those were his only. Over. Those were his only field goals. He was three of 11 from the field. And those I were his th- only points. He had nine points. I think he's going to grow his hair out a little bit more. I think it helps him with his... Uh... It might. It might. Um, I'm growing my hair out. He could... We could take you a picture are. together. Do you have a plan or are you just letting it go? No, I I I'm hoping that like one day it'll be long enough that I'm I like just realize what the plan is. But mm. for now, I really don't want to just I don't feel like getting a cut. I don't see anyone, so I don't really care what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And like when I do interviews, I can like kind of like I don't have it like this. Mm-hmm. But like I don't know. Well, it's in a bun right now. No one can mm-hmm. see it, but like I can brush it to the side enough and like, just like really push it down and make it look less like I make it look like it's like neater, but I'm hoping that like in a, in a month, maybe that it'll like make more sense right now. It's only long on top and in the front and the back is not that long and it looks really weird. And I also kind of look like I'm balding a little bit when I do this with my thing even though i'm not like not right now but like if you see like the sides are really long here this is terrible i don't know it doesn't matter at all but this is I'm good hoping, podcasting i'm hoping it gets better soon i don't really love how it looks but i don't feel like cutting it that's the that's the long story short. i think it looks great you're a handsome kid um i appreciate it <laughs> next week tyler tines coming on the podcast big fan yeah. of his work looking forward to that um dan good luck in your exam tomorrow and good luck with the hair uh, Emily, oh, always a pleasure. Yes. Do we make one more set of picks before we go? Sure. What? Who are your three that go to Fantasy Suites and who gets sent home? Yes. So for people that don't watch the show, The Bachelor, that is, after please explain to, this, Steve. Please sure. explain Fantasy. Me, the expert. They go on uh, hometowns where they meet the families, and then after that. Uh, the person chooses three people who get to have sex with them. So uh, we're going to see who these three people get to be. Um, the options are Serena something. Serena P. Uh, but not the mean Serena, right? No, um, no, the, the, the better Serena. Right. Uh, uh, Brie, Michelle, and uh, <laughs> Rachel. Rachel. Um, who I'm pretty I, sure wins, honestly. I think Rachel's a shoo-in. She's definitely getting yeah, the fantasy she, suite. she definitely wins. <laughs> I think I think on the outside looking in will be Serena. What do you think? Who gets sent home? Yes. Mm. I'm going to say Michelle gets sent home. because mm. Just because I feel like she's gotten less screen time. I could be wrong. She has. But I feel like she has. So I feel like she gets sent home. 
Oh, I was disappointed that Piper got sent home. I really liked Piper. I thought she Me was great. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Piper was cool. He has a lot of good girls. Like, too many for him. So, like, they should go on and do cool stuff. Yeah. Without him. Bachelor I thought Paris. he had a lot of really mean people on this season. He there does, but also like a lot. It's like Mean <laughs> Girls and like great ones. There was no like okay. in between. It was just like really shitty or cool. Okay. I thought. Okay. And, like, no, who, you could be is... right. I was just so like so focused on the mean ones. I feel like yeah, I the get, mean ones. Maybe I didn't get to appreciate it like you did. That's fair. Emily, who do you think doesn't make it to the fantasy suites? Um, I'm gonna refrain from answering because I know the answer. <sighs> Yeah. You know who gets was it, it home? Was it spoiled for you or did you search it out? Um, a little bit of both. I read this article that was like, did Matt just spoil The Bachelor by what he listens to on Spotify? And I was like, that couldn't be true. <laughs> and then I read it and I was like, oh, it is. So yeah. Wait, so you know who wins? Yeah, but then once I knew that, I looked it all up. So I know. <laughs> oh, so you know everything. Rachel definitely uh, wins. There's no Rachel doubt definitely Rachel wins. wins. I don't want you to um, tell me, but I know I'm she not wins. going to tell you. Chris Harrison was just, I mean, just, I don't know why he did that, but he, she must have won if he was going to do that. It's a good point. It's a good point. All right. Good stuff. We did it. Um, <laughs> good seeing you guys. Uh, I'll see you next week. Should be fun. Yeah. See ya. Oh,